Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where we aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from residential into commercial property investment. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. I want to add a different type of format in this extra episode. I want to give you a view of the inside track on the work we're up to ourselves. I'm talking about our current real projects. It's all very well talking about lessons learned in the past and sharing the do's and don'ts, but personally, I just love hearing podcasts on how people are getting on with projects they're actually working on right now. It brings a sense of authenticity. Plus, you can't beat the up-to-date learnings from being in the trenches. Let us know if you like this new format or if you think it stinks. Life's about experimenting, so let's see how it goes. So without giving you a large brain dump of everything we're working on right now, I'm going to concentrate on a deal we closed on a week ago, right at the end of May. We've built in a delayed completion, so we won't actually be getting access to the building until later in the summer. I'm going to briefly cover eight different points. So that's finding the deal, the opportunities, negotiations, finance, development strategy, a brief on the numbers, current activities, i.e. what we're doing right now, and the end game. In the future, I'll cover these different areas in more depth and talk about some of our other live projects. These episodes will need to be called something else. I haven't worked that bit out yet, but I'm sure you'll see it as it comes along. So, to the building in hand. It's a 30,000 square foot office building, which is in effect two buildings of about 15,000 square foot each. They're joined both structurally in terms of the roof line and also a large entrance and atrium that forms a space between the two blocks, effectively joins them together. Half of the building is occupied by four different tenants on five-year commercial leases, which brings in just under 70 grand of income. Plus, there's some contribution to shared service charges, but more on that later. The other half of the property is vacated and has been for quite some time. The building itself is an ex-government property and was built about 30 years ago. It's a typical office pavilion type building in a secondary location with a mixture of office, retail and warehousing surrounding it. So the first thing, finding the deal. It took just over a year to negotiate on this one. And the whole deal started with the first communication coming from an agent back on the 4th of April 2019. This agent and I had been working together on another potential deal in Dundee back in 2016, but unfortunately at the time, that property didn't work out. The property went to a closing date and we missed it by just a few pounds, which was pretty annoying at the time. But in hindsight, we possibly dodged a bullet on that one because there were complications and I got a far better building in Dundee a couple of years later. But the agent of I have kept in touch and he sent over the particulars on this particular one to me to gauge any interest. In fact, in his emails, the exact words were, 
Would the below work for you as a business centre? He's one of the good guys. And he knew, he knew, sorry, what we were looking for because of our previous dealings. You see, relationships do matter. The second thing, opportunities. So this building had a few problems, as some people would have said. For instance, 50% of it was vacant, but the opportunity there was 50% was occupied, bringing in an income. It was managed at a far from a large surveying practice with nobody on site managing it. Plus, the company that owned it was a very large company with many, many properties in its portfolio. This one just was a pain. So it just was being neglected. And that, of course, can be a great opportunity. An example of that would be its location was really good. It was on a T-junction on a reasonably busy road. But trees and shrubs had been allowed to grow up all around it, so the property is pretty much obscured from view. So one of the first things we'll need to do is tackle that. The previous owner also, because they were such a large company, were not interested in splitting down floor plates, because it was a two-storey building, and actually catering to what the market was asking for. So to be fair to the agents, this made it quite difficult to let the space because effectively, if you were a potential tenant, you had to take seven and a half thousand square foot or nothing. It was a very narrow demographic, which did make it difficult for the agents. So these were some of the problems, but I think they're part of the opportunities that you're looking for. So the third thing is the negotiations. This deal took just under 14 months from the initial contact to closing. So it was not a particularly short time frame, but it wasn't a particularly long one. The property was on the open market, so it wasn't one of those off-market deals that I, I so like to talk about. But no one had come close to the intended selling price. The problem was there was no advertised selling price and they were not very forthcoming with any sort of indication of where they wanted to be, which would have put people off. There's a whole podcast worth of material in here on the negotiations, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Suffice to say, after going back and forth for a few months and then agreeing an initial price, we ended up closing at over 25% less than that eight or nine months later. And that was because we were prepared to walk away on a couple of occasions. It was a complicated process, and just because you agree an initial price, it doesn't mean you have to pay that if circumstances change. I suspect we did get it for around the level of the original cheeky offers that they didn't take, so persistence is important. But the number one tip I can give you here about negotiation is to have more than one deal on the go at the same time. It gives you balance and perspective in your mind. So the fourth thing was finance. We've used bank finance for the purchase and refurbishment of commercial for 15 years or so. And for nearly as long, we've also worked with private investors. This is essentially where we have given a good and consistent rate of return on private money in exchange for the capital to allow us to grow. And for this project, we're not going to be using uh, bank funding at all. And in fact, we're going to be working with private investors for the whole purchase price plus some of the redevelopment. We will, of course, be investing some of our own money too. Bank finance towards the end of the project so some of the investors can exit if they wish. Other investors have stayed with us and been with us for years. But because we're taking this approach for this specific project, then the investors on this one will be getting regular updates and on-site meetups so they can see what we do with these types of projects.
That way they'll earn and learn at the same time. Perhaps this is something you could do as you develop your next project. I'll let you know how we get on. So that's the finance element. Let's talk about the development strategy. The plan for this development is, number one, immediately tackle some of the low-hanging fruit, such as tidying up the landscaping, making the property visible again, getting some signage up so that businesses can see what is coming, start generating inquiries by working on the marketing element, which is it's really essential to get on that as soon as possible. The second thing is, clearly we need to retain existing clients with the leases and improve their experience. The third thing is to redevelop the two floors of the vacant property in effectively four phases. Thankfully, there are multiple entrances to the property, so we should be able to refurbish different sections without affecting occupied sections. Essentially, by managing the process ourselves and not getting a main contractor to fit the entire building out at the same time, we have the opportunity to flex our design and space to suit what the market is telling us. If you can do it in four phases, the first phase, you're going to have to kind of educate yourself as best guess of what the market wants, do it and see what comes. And if that space is completely occupied, then you know that's what they're after. But if during the course of doing viewings and discussing with potential clients that actually that isn't quite what they want, then you can reflect that in the further three phases. Although it means you're more hands-on, it allows you to be able to react much more um, intuitively to what the market's doing or asking for. The fourth thing that we're going to have to do there is bring in a full-time building and community manager so that we have a presence on site to improve the overall customer experience, but to help us with the connection with what the market wants. If you're doing it through an agent, yes, they'll give you feedback, but it won't be as good as being there and understanding it yourself or some member of your team being there and understanding what the potential customers are telling you. So the sixth thing is the numbers. So the purchase price works out as basically about £130 a square metre. The refurb will be around about £180 to £200 a square metre. So at the end, it's going to be about £330, £350 a square metre. To build anything new next door would cost at least three times that. So in terms of contributions, this building should net upwards of 75, 80k, something like that, once we've got past the first phase of occupation. There are usually three phases of occupation in multi-let buildings that are run with licences rather than leases. But if you have a look at all that, if, if you look at the first part, which is the price added with the uh, refurb cost in at around about 350 a square metre, it, it makes the entry to the market, the entry point, much better than building new. I have covered this before, but it means that when there's recessions, the buying price is really relative because you can offer your product potentially at less cost than somebody's built one down the road because you have entered at a different price level. It just means you've got a little bit more flexibility with price should you need it if some bumps come in the road, which of course they do. In terms of contribution, the three phases I just spoke about, there, there's basically a stage where you want to get people in, get some bums on seats, get the space occupied. Then there's naturally a churn of licenses where people come and go. You may then start reflecting the market 
rate in those prices. And that's the second phase. And then the third phase is when you've got to a point where you've got to market rate. The building's producing a good income and now it's about maintaining, keeping that sense of community to retain customers. And those are kind of the three phases that we go through. So the seventh thing is current activities. What are we actually do in there? Well, we can't get on site, as I said, but organizing final investor allocations agreements with lawyers is one thing we're doing. Planning external works, starting on our website additions and branding ideas. And of course, this deal's been set up because of the private investors been set up as an SPV or a special purpose vehicle, separate limited company. And the company's already been established and the bank account set up and all that sort of thing. It's the VAT registration that's ongoing just now. And the building will be sold as trading as a going concern, which will mean we don't have to pay VAT on the purchase. But in order to do that, A, you need to be VAT registered. And if it's a new company, that takes a little bit of time. And the building, you need to elect to tax the building before you purchase. Otherwise, you may end up having a VAT liability that you can't claim back. So it's really important to get the timing on that right. Speak to your accountant about that one. So that is really one of our number one priorities right now. And then the fourth thing in that would be finalising our phase one layout and starting contractor pricing for certain core service fit out. The challenge, of course, is not only not able to get in the building right now, but we can't even get to site, of course, or at least some of the contractors can't get to site. So the eighth thing, the end game. Well, as always, we'll aim to keep this one and use the cash flow and asset value increase to, to buy the next one. It is a big building for us in terms of square footage. It'll take our portfolio to well over 100,000 square feet. But as the portfolio size grows, it reduces the risk to the rest. So for each subsequent purchase, if you think about it, if we bought another 10,000 square foot, for instance, it would then equate to less than 8% of our portfolio in terms of area. And in reality, the value, because we try and buy at low cost, will be even less in terms of percentage. And that's why over time, if you can keep assets instead of flipping them, it allows you to build momentum and reduce risk, which really makes a big difference long term. In the future, I'm going to go into refurbishment costs and factors, plus design layout. Why is it so important? For instance, where are windows? Are there enough windows? Parking, central area for T-points. Where are the toilets? Have they got windows? Because you don't really need windows. Can you move the toilet course somewhere else? Offices really need to have windows. Is there a way of changing the layout? These things are all critical when you're analysing a potential deal for commercial multiple occupancy. So in summary, this deal has a story that I'll share fully later on down the track. But I thought I'd share with you just some of the basics of being involved in getting this deal to this stage and what we're doing over the next few weeks before the completion date. I hope this helps you with your property journey. If you have any questions, then jump onto the Facebook group or the Facebook page, which is the usual stuff, facebook.com forward slash commercial property investor. Alternatively, feel free to send me a message on LinkedIn. You'll find all the usual details in the podcast notes below. One final comment. Don't let the current COVID situation slow you down or prevent you from moving forward. So get out there and get something done. 